When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Connor Halley, and before we get to our show today, we got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. Football's right around the corner. Get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at the million-dollar top prize with your first deposit, that's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter. And for the Edmonton Oilers, still not a whole lot going on, but uh, we'll find some things to talk about with our next guest. He, of course, played 674 games in the NHL. You can hear him on TSN 1260 alongside Jason Greger Monday through Friday, former Oiler, Blackhawk, Canuck, Ranger, and a little bit of time with the New York Islanders. Jason Strudwick joins us now. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm good. You know, I'm really good, Connor. Thanks for asking. You know, it's funny. You, you talk about this this time, this extended period, start period they have for the Oilers, uh, or for all NHL, actually, this year, you know, at the start of the 22nd. And, you know, it, it's, it's throwing me off, because usually for me, like, the calendar turns into <laughs> September 1st. I'm like, okay, you know, hockey started, and that's... That's been like, or you know, for for most of it, the school. But for 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 me personally, it was like hockey starts. We get going when I was younger. Then you get going, you know, to turn pro. Um, so you know, it's an extra week. And I know, you know, it's not that much time, but it is it is extra time. And if you are a team that let's say went deep in the playoffs, it's extra time to heal, uh, you know, freshen up, uh, and maybe start training to add something to your off season. Because you know, when the playoffs ended, you know, not that long ago, the you know, one in July. Um, you know, two months isn't that much time. You know, you, you, if, you, if you, let's assume you win the Stanley Cup, you take a couple of weeks off, then you got to do some healing. I mean, how much time do you really have to work out uh, to, to kind of build? Uh, and then for, for players that weren't in the playoffs or had a long extended period off, it's, a, it's an opportunity, Connor, to, to, to grow as a player, to get stronger, get faster, 
uh, you know, any any major injuries, kind of get them healed up, and then work on your skills. So, it it is, you know, if you use the time wisely, it can be a major advantage to players. It's the guys that don't take it seriously or don't understand, appreciate it, um, that oftentimes don't improve, and they're the ones that actually, quite frankly, end up, you know, leaving the NHL for whatever, you know, for that reason, end up going playing other leagues. Uh, around the world. So, I mean, a long t- a lot of the time you've talked about it, how, you know, the one thing you never wanted to be was out work. So when you reported to training camp, did the testing and showed up on the ice, uh, you were always going to be one of those guys who clearly was in game shape, ready to go. How common was it, though, to see that guy that, that showed up and you're like, man, what were you doing the last couple of months here? Because you were not getting ready for this. Yeah, it was pretty rare. If I'm to be honest, it's pretty rare. Um, you know, I can think of two off the top of my head. Um, but... You know, there, there's there's being way out of shape, and there's being, you know, not at your best. And I can say that I have seen more of those players who weren't at their best. You know, where they they hadn't they hadn't properly prepared. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's everything. Like it's it's not just going to the gym. It's eating, sleeping, uh, mentally get your head organized. Um, you know, working on your skills, whether that's on ice or off ice. You know, just just doing all that stuff and. You know, it's it's one thing. Okay, well, I'm 95 percent ready. Well, that last five percent might make the difference for you and for your team. So, you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to be. You know, I call it a good pro. And people ask ah, such a cliche, but it's so true. You know, you you want to be a player that, whether you're the, the like the Connor McDavid or all the way down to the 23rd person on the roster, you want to be someone that coaches know and teammates know. You're 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 100 percent committed and ready to go to come and come into camp. You know, I think the orders, you know, they have guys like that. Uh, they added a couple more guys like that. Like Hyman sounds like that kind of player. Uh, we know what Mike Smith does and he brings to the table day in, day out, you know, being ready to compete. Um, so I think that's, it's, it's, it's a skill. That's a skill. And, and, you know, yeah, you, know, you often hear, well, you know, this, this part didn't work out. Well, is it always the organization's fault? If, if player A, B, or C isn't, isn't putting the time in the off season with all the things I just talked about? I mean, you know, there there are players that are mismanaged, and not every player is an NHL player. Like, let's be clear. So I'm not I'm not standing on my soapbox here preaching because I played in the NHL. But you know, if if a play if you see a player who's first off not in shape, that to me was a major eyebrow raiser. Um, and if they're if they're not you know if they're not developing their skills or maybe understanding how they fit in a role on a team, you know you got you got to add all those things up. So it, it, it is on both the player and the organization to develop a player and get them ready. But once you're up and in an NHL locker room, how do you bring the best version of yourself to the team every year so the team can be, you know, the best the best version they can? Because, you know, you're always, what's that sustain? You're only as strong as your weakest link. Stratty, I'm going to ask you about the Oilers and Kyler Yamamoto and, and all those types of things. Uh, and I, I want to ask you about the guys that Tom Gazzola had tweeted out here in town getting ready to go. But for you, like... What do you think the average amount of time taken off is for an NHL player? Because, you know, you, you hear the stories. Obviously, the guys are going to go out and have some fun during the offseason. You can't you can't just be a robot and train 365. So how long do you think the average NHL player in today's game just steps away and kind of detoxes from hockey and that lifestyle of staying fit all the time? You know, I don't think it's very much. Like, I, I can go back to when I played. Like, I, I didn't take any time off. You know, like, I... I would, I would, now I'd always be working out. Now it might not, it wasn't as intense, but I might play tennis five days in a row or play basketball or go swimming or ride my bike. Like I was always doing something because I didn't see that, I didn't, I couldn't understand the sense in getting out of shape only to get back in shape. You know, I, I, I never, you know, if you, if you ended the season at eight, let's say you go down to a seven, 
in, in the two or two or three weeks or month or month and a half, whatever you took off. But now you got to work just to get back to where you end the season and you're not making any gains. So I try to stay up as high as I can. I think most players adopt that. Now, the, the, the level of the training isn't as high. You also have to factor in injuries. So if you have, you know, every player has, you know, issues going into the offseason. So number one, fix those, whether whatever you need. You know, most time, hopefully it's just through some manipulation, you know, and some treatment, not surgery. But get those fixed up. Get your body ready to train so when you are ready to train, you hit the ground running. So I don't think it's much, you know, nice time. I know some players get on the ice way more than we used to, and it's, it makes a lot of sense. Um, something I wish I would have done more, but it wasn't really around them. Uh, but now you see guys doing that, so I think it makes a lot of sense. But I think the time, actual time off, uh, isn't added up too much. Now, you know, if you're a team that doesn't make the playoffs, you have, you know, from, you know, well, normally you're April 1st, always September 15th, it would be a longer break maybe than a, a team that goes all the way to the end of June, right? Like that just kind of makes sense. But I, I think that nowadays it's just too hard to, to regain what you got. I remember I used to play with guys that gained 10 pounds after the season. Only have to work that off again. Like it didn't make any sense to me. Keep the weight off, stay in relatively good shape so you can have post gains quickly in the off season. Now, uh, Strutty, the big story right now, and it, it's one that I've talked about on this podcast for, you know, it feels like the last couple months or so, is Kyler Yamamoto and, and when this deal is going to get done. We've talked in numbers to death, but for a guy like that, what do you think he's doing right now? Obviously, he's not going to report to camp without a contract, so do you think he's just kind of doing the same old status quo, hitting the ice, uh, getting in a workout? What do you think he's doing to stay ready? Because, like you said, hey, you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah, I... I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, I, I get I get a negotiation back and forth and you're trying to make sure everyone is 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 happy um, with their deal. But Yamamoto, this isn't the time to try to hit a home run. And, and, and I recognize he's not looking for a six or seven year deal, but the, the, the money has to make sense, the, you know, for, for both sides. And the best way he get a home run in this contract is by being around and accessible and playing. And we've seen it time and time again. It's rare for a player to miss training camp and have a good season. It, it always seems to slow them down on some level. And for a guy who prides himself in making, you know, on, on getting points and being productive, if you're not there, you know, someone else, especially now, could come in and take your spot. Like, here's, let's take this to the scenario. Yamamoto's not a training camp. All right, no problem. They got to fill that spot beside Leon. Well, you know what we do, guys? We're going to move Cassian up there. Okay, Cassian plays well, great. Well, let's say Dylan Holloway comes in and just blows everyone's doors off, and he's, and he's healthy and ready to go. Well, maybe now he can play up there, and Zach Hyman moves over to the right side. Like, you don't want to leave anything to chance. You, why put yourself in a position where you're not sure that you can contribute because you're not there? And, and you know, that is a big issue. So my advice to Yamamoto sign the deal. You know, you're, you're, if, if, if it's over couple hundred grand I, I don't really see why you wouldn't get it just okay yep this makes sense let's get it going I'm going to be there and I'm going to put up the points and they're going to have to pay me the owners will be happy to pay they want to have to pay players because they're doing so well now, it's not a deal for the cap but you know in the reality they are happy to pay that that because that means you're doing well so my advice to him and to his agents the holding out I, 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 I don't get it Not now if it's different if you're a Patterson or you're a, a Brady Tuchak out there in, in Ottawa. I mean, these guys have put up numbers, and they're gonna. These are big, big deals. We're talking about a secondary player, a player that hasn't established himself as a, as a, you know, a, a, a guaranteed top six 
lockdown 50-point player every year. He has some good moments, and I, I think there's a really good player inside Yamamoto. But when it comes to money, it's what have you done for me lately. And I, I, I didn't see it last year consistently enough from uh, Yamamoto. Stratty, I mean, we, we see these holdouts a lot more in other sports, and you see it all the time in the NFL when the players at camp always say, you know, that there's no grudge. It's, it's what they have to do. It's what they do that's best for them, and they have to try to get the money while they can. Now, Obviously, I'm sure the players would say that as well. But when it comes to opportunity and and what you know other players might get, do you think Dave Tippett, you know, hypothetically, someone slides into his spot, plays well, like he he's not just going to say no hard feelings, Kyler. You you know, the fact is, you missed it. You missed out on that opportunity. So you know, it does open up the door for someone to go in there and take his his playing time and his spots, right? Well, he was given lots of opportunity. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, he has been given his golden opportunity. Players around the NHL, wingers would kill to play with Dreisaitl or, or, or McDavid. But let's just use, for the most part, Yellow has been just Dreisaitl and had yeah. some success. Um, so you're 100% right. You, This isn't an opportunity thing. And when he was there, he wasn't able to finish this year. You know, he didn't have a lot. He like, started off, if I remember correctly, pretty decently. But then his numbers slipped. His production slid as he got, you know, closer or uh, closer to the end of the season. But you know, when you're playing with a top player, you have to score. You have to you have to get points. It's just the way it is. You know, I could have played with Drysdale and probably got five goals. You know, like 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 that that should give you some idea of what it's when you're playing with a great player. You just have to really get them the puck and then go to the net. They'll find you. You, you don't have to much do much more than that. Now you do have to bury. And you are playing against better teams and, and, and sorry, better the, the, the better players than other teams. But that's part of it. That you have to figure that out. So Yamamoto, there's a player in there for sure. Now is size a concern? Well, we've seen players where it hasn't been a concern. Um, but you know, you, you still have to deliver. You know, we've seen size big and small effect players. So he's gotta find a way to, to, to get back to um, production that was you know, I don't think he can get back to what he was two years ago, but something that's more in line with what expectations are when you're a top six player. Um, now, he is tenacious. He goes through that. And I love all those qualities about Yamamoto. But when it comes to contract, they, you know, I'd only pay so far, you know, you, until you get to unrestricted frames, yeah, it looks like, with a guy like Barkley Gujo. But um, for Yamamoto, this is, this is a, an important season career-wise for him to establish himself as a, as a point getter so that his, his um, whatever his contract thinks he should, what he thinks it is, it will match uh, matches points because you, you, if you want big bucks, you got to put in points. I'm not saying Yamamoto does, but you know, the more money you want, you got to, you got to definitely got to produce points. Stratty, I want to like kind of focus this question towards the younger players on the team. But I mean, we've seen it in the past, and the one example I always go back to is Leon Draisaitl, and I think it was from his first time spent with the NHL Oilers to the next time where he actually got a stint with the Oilers. His skating improved so much and, you know, really showed that he was dedicated to it and, you know, that that he knew what he needed to improve on. Which player do you think has probably had the best offseason to the point where they might come back next year and we say, holy cow, this guy looks like a totally different player, whether it could be, you know, Ryan McLeod or Evan Bouchard, maybe just one of those younger players who you think could have taken a big step this offseason? After the season, you know, you always have exit meetings. So you'll sit down with the GM and the coach independently, and even the assistant coach um, will have a chat with you kind of informally. The other one are more formal, but the other the, the assistant coach might be informal. And the coach will kind of run down what you need to work on, and the GM, and, and you know, like I said, your assistant coach or the strength coach or whatever, skills coach, whatever it is. And, 
you know, when I look at a guy like Ryan McLeod, skates like the wind, um, of things. But the the one thing I would advise for him is to get more involved in the play, like physically um, getting to the net, using that speed to drive, you know, drive D-man wide. Like that's his advantage. So you have to use your advantage. Um, so I think that if he, you know, I'm guessing that's the feedback he would have got. I mean, that's why I would have given him, and I'm not even an NHL coach, so pretty sure that the feedback would be similar. But you sit down and you look at it and you look at game tape. Okay, where did I, where did I not drive the net? Um, you know, wh- wh- when did I not uh, finish a check when I could have? Uh, you know, those types of things. So I think he has a chance to really have a big improvement in areas of the game that aren't that hard to improve. Like it's it's a lot harder to add to become a really fast skater. You know, if I could have worked on that one summer and changed it, I would have. But I, but I I wasn't able. So it's hard to do that. But you can have that 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 physicality or that. You know, and I'm not asking run around and become Zach Cassian, but you know, just being a more physical player, both with and without the puck. And I think if he can bring that in, oh man, he has a, he has a chance to step up in a big big way for the Oilers, and they need him to. Like they need, I'm looking at Bouchard, I'm looking at Holloway, I'm looking at Yamamoto, Pujarvi, those four players. If they all improve, I mean, this team is going to be a lot a lot better. Because then you add in Fogel, you add in um, Hyman, you add in Derek Ryan. Um, and now all of a sudden, it's almost like getting seven new players. Like, how much more can Oilers fans expect, uh, expect from Drysdale and McDavid? Like, those guys are already destroying the league, uh, points-wise. Now, we could debate, you know, how much more they have to improve, uh, you know, away from the pocket. I think that they, they've talked about it. I think they'll continue to work on that. Um, but really, I mean, new to another guy, can he get some more points? But so you look at that. Uh, who did I said? Fogel, Hyman, Derek Ryan. Those are the three forwards. Then you add improvement from uh, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, Nuge, uh, Hall, Hall, uh, not Holloway, uh, McLeod. So that's, I'm talking about seven players. That's seven of your twelve potential for forwards, most likely your forwards. That if they all take, they all improve. I mean, this forward group could be, you know, really dangerous. Then those seven, they already know what you're going to get from um, from McDavid. You only know what you get from Drysaddle. So that's nine guys. So that leaves you like with guys like Archibald, pretty consistent performer. Um, uh, who else uh, am I thinking of? Uh, Cassian. There's a guy he could take a you know and get back to where his group. So you know, all there's a lot of internal improvement, but there are some guys who are going to help them get there. So this four group, if the guys I outlined can improve or get back to where they they're more normally going to play. Uh, the new guys perform like we hope they're going to play. If some of the young guys improve, this this 12 could be tough. And we haven't even talked about Hill, Dylan Holloway. In fact, he could have kind of Tyler Benson come in and produce something. Um, so, you know, I think Oilers fans offensively should be very optimistic um, about what can happen if, and I, it's always if, right, or hoping that this is what can uh, can transpire. Stretty, I I like that you you didn't leave McDavid and Dryside alone. out of there. Obviously, they're going to put up their points. That's that's almost inevitable at this point. But you talked about their play away from the puck. Now, uh, you playing in the NHL over 600 career games, you played with some of the most offensively talented players in the world. How do you work on your play away from the puck? Is that something that's done through film? Can it be done in the off season? Like, how, how do they improve on that, or is it willingness? Well, offensive players have to cheat to create offense. That, that's just the way it is. If you're always on the right side of the puck, so being on the right side of the puck means when your team doesn't have the puck, you are between the man you're supposed to cover and your net. That, that's just being on the right side of the puck, the defensive side, side of the puck. But if you're always there, that means that 
the guy you're playing against is not between the puck, uh, sorry, between you and the guy's net. So you're never kind of creating chances. So you do have to cheat. So, you know, they're, they're, and it's hard for me to criticize offensive players or evaluate as far as that goes, but there are pucks that are like you have a 10% chance of getting. Is that the best time to cheat? Probably not. 50-50, go for it. Or, you know, alternatively, if it looks like one of your players has a, has a 60-40 chance of getting the puck, then maybe you cheat to an open air of the ice to try to get it. You know, or if, even if they have a 50-50 chance. So you have to kind of watch what's going on around the ice. Okay, uh, you know, uh, I'm playing with Zach Hyman. It looks like Zach Hyman's going to win that puck battle. So I cheat to an offensive spot to hopefully he can get me the puck. And, and then you can talk to Zach. Say, if you win the puck here, I'm going to go in this area, boom. Now the play's there and you're gone. So, you know, as far as the defensive part of the game, you have to look and say, okay, you know, what are the times for me to cheat? Because uh, they're, they're going to cheat. Uh, great offensive players, they've always cheated. For a thousand years, they've cheated in hockey. Back to caveman days. So you have to figure out when's the time to cheat and then understanding the time on the clock. Like, you know, there's two minutes left in the period. We're up by one. Do I need to cheat right now? Uh, you know, maybe not. And I'm not saying that's just a Connor Leon. That's, that's something that all players have to kind of work into their game. But, you know, Connor Leon continue to develop that. It doesn't mean you have to stop scoring points, but continue to add that. Uh, because when they do it, Connor, I guarantee everyone in that dressing room is like, oh, my God, these guys are, are being more attentive defensively, so we've got to do the same thing. And the Josh Archibalds, the Zach Cassians, the Yamamoto's, those guys have to make sure they insulate those guys when they are on the ice with them to make sure that even, you know, Pauly Arby, that they're, they're, they're giving those guys opportunity to cheat because when they do cheat, they get the pocket. It's so dangerous. Now, I, I don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but, I mean, you play with Yager, you play with Messier. Did you ever experience that where, you know, young superstar players kind of realize those are the things they have to do? And is is there speed bumps along the way? I mean, is it a bit of a process before they, they really start to figure it out? Well, just take, I mean, coming to the league, you, you want to score a goal. That's what guys do, right? You're an offensive player. You want to score as many as you can. And I, I get it. Like, I, I wish I could have scored a goal. I'd rather have been scoring goals than fighting, trust me. Anyway, I mean, that's, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Um, but then you realize that, you know, you have to keep adding to your game. And, you know, just like um, a D-man adding, you know, more offense for his game or better defense in their game, forwards keep adding to their game, right? It, it, you know, face-off, board play, front-of-the-net play, getting back first, like all those things, you keep adding those. So it does, it just takes a little time to build that up. You know, uh, there's very few players that come in, you know, as a finished product. Look at, remember City Crosby, couldn't win a draw. Sometimes people thought he, he, he was using his stick upside down for face loss. He decided he was going to learn to win draws. He did it, and now he's very, very good, you know, good, good centerman uh, as far as winning draws goes uh, on top of everything else he does. So you keep adding layers. So, you know, Connor and Leon, like, it, I'm not worried about those guys. They're competitive, and they know it. They, they can score the points as they want, when they want. Now they got to keep adding these other elements, and they will do it because they want to win. But they also needed help. Like the wingers owners had last year weren't up to snuff. Now look at these wingers. You know, let's let's run it down. It's, it's going to be Hyman, Nuge, Fogle, and let's call it Benson. Then on the other side, you got Koyarvi, Yamamoto, Cassian, Archibald. Like those are those eight wingers can all skate. They can all have some level of skill. You know, a little different, but all you know, decent decent skill at the, on the on the bottom of the highest skill at the top end of it. They're, they're bigger bodies. Uh, they're going to have to make sure they can forecheck, get back. Like, those guys, they can all make things happen. So when you're more in your zone, there's less time in your, more in the offensive zone. So right, there's less time in your own zone because you're forechecking better, getting on the puck more, being stronger on the puck. 
So if I'm Cody Harvey and I, you know, I saw him talking about it, you, you want to be big and strong and hold that puck. Same with Fogel. Same with Hyman. Same with Yamamoto, although a little different, the smaller body. Same with Cassidy. Same with Archibald, right? Then you look at the centers. You know, we pretty much know we're getting from McDavid and Drysaddle. So, you know, Dylan Holland Dylan, uh, and, and Derek Ryan, they're two big question marks, right? D- Derek Ryan's a, th- a, thir- a fourth-line center who's going to play third-line center. Not ideal. Like, like, let's just call it what it is. But, um, you know, he's a guy that can he hold hold the line on that third line. Um, and can, um, not Holloway, sorry, McLeod. Can McLeod, I meant the other center, can McLeod develop and become a third-line center? Now, this year might be a bit much, but can he, you know, work towards it? Where next year he's that guy. Then all of a sudden you add Dylan Holloway into the mix. And there are other picks. And then some of these young players, like, I, I'm very bullish on this Oilers lineup and what they can do moving forward. Very bullish. Uh, Stratty, I want to ask you about the guys that showed up for the informal skates. Tom Gazzola tweeting it out on uh, Wednesday, saying that McDavid, Dryside, and Nurse, R&H, probably no surprise there, but you've also got Hyman, Puliarvi, Cassie, and Russell Bouchard, Broberg, Shore, and Turris. Now, what goes on at an informal skate? What's the tempo like at these things? Uh, you know, it's, it's always different, right? Now, there might be some, some individual skills they'll be working on. But mostly it's, it's pretty, you know, there's maybe a little bit, a little bit of, um, you know, there might be someone running it. So they might have like the, uh, cause I don't think coaches can run it. So maybe they'd have like, uh, bring in a Dave Pelche or someone to run the skates and do some trails and some, and some, you know, some skating work, or whatever. And then you move into uh, a shinny type situation, right? But it means guys are ready. By now, if you've arrived in Edmonton and you're an order and you're not ready for the season, it's too late. You know, just enjoy your last two weeks because you're not going to be ready for the season. But that's how it happened. I remember we used to bring out, um, I think it was Steve Serdakli, and he'd run us through a practice. And it was good. You know, he'd run through a practice, and then, like I said, a little shimmy at the end. Uh, guys, you you worked out prior to that. Uh, usually, at least that's what guys tended to do. And then you get into it and uh, be ready to go. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, it, it's good that everyone's here already, and I think that this team just keeps building towards like understanding what it takes to be a consistent um, deliverer of success in the regular season, and it feels like they have that. Now, got to translate that to the, reg- to, the, to the playoffs. But, unfortunately, to get to the playoffs, you got to play 82 games. Yeah, I, I just like, I love hearing that stuff that, you know, some of the guys who need to take those next steps, like a Bouchard, like a Broberg, like a Pulley and then, you know, Zach Hyman, uh, just climatizing himself, you know, getting in there with these guys. Always good to see. My last question for you, Stretty. Tyler Ennis, the UFA, he's also skating with that group. Do you think there's a, a PTO offer there or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, a PTO, I, you know, I think Tyler Ennis has had a great career. He's an amazing guy. Um, but we're getting near the end of the road here, right? I think boys to men said it, end of the road. And, you know, where, if, you, if you're bringing the guy in, is, is there a real need for a player on your team? Like, are the winners desperate for this type of player? You know, I see a lot of people uh, crowded wings with Perlini, Tyler Benson, Dylan Holloway, Devin Shore, all competing for the fourth line left winger spot. So is Tyler Ennis needed in this situation? Maybe. You know, I, 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 I don't know that long-term he's going to be there, so I, I wouldn't want to take exhibition game time away from Tyler Benson and Dylan Holloway, assuming he can play. I want, if I can get Tyler Benson in six or seven preseason games, I'm doing it. And I'm not playing him with a, uh, with a washing machine as a center. I want to play with someone who is a player. Like, is it Derek Ryan? You know, is it, is it uh, I keep saying Holloway, but uh, McLeod, uh, the centerman. 
or you even get a game, you know, maybe they put Newt at center for a game. Does he get a, you know, can he play with him for a game? Like, I got to find out what he is if I'm the coach, if I'm the general manager. So to put, you know what Ennis is, do you put Ennis in that spot and take that opportunity away from a young guy you're trying to, you've been developing and figuring out? I don't think it'd be the wisest move. So I think you bring him in, yep, no problem, you bring him in. I think he can help, uh, you know, get you some of those required games for, um, you know, the pro, the number of pros you need for it, but not at the expense of a young player like Perlini and or Benson for sure losing that ice time to show what they can do. Because if they can, if, if, if Benson becomes or can become a regular NHL player and you got Dylan Holloway coming and you got some of the other, Rafael of one of these guys coming, the orders are going to be, you know, we, we talk about depth, but now it's internal growth bubbling up from that through the system and it's huge because, you know, in a few years, you got some more cough coming. Is it Konovalov coming? Is it Skinner coming? Is it, um, Broberg coming, all these guys, you know, the, the draft pick, uh, whose name I can never say from last year, all these guys are starting to come and you need that. You need that depth coming up from the inside. Strutty, I think you nailed it a hundred percent there. Uh, God, let those young guys, were you talking to Xavier Borgo? That's the name. I can never say it. That's the name. I know, I, I'm sorry. I'm, it's, I'm not good at names and that, that one's going to be hard for a few years. I had to, had to work <laughs> on that. I, I asked if it was Borjo or Borgo and I was laughed at. So. Uh, yeah, I totally understand. And, and you know what? Before you know it, Struddy, we're going to be there. It's going to be physicals. What was your favorite event at physicals? Uh, I didn't really enjoy that. I, the physicals <laughs> I, and then the workouts. I, I, you know what? I just did. It, it, like I, I, this sounds awful, but I knew I was ready. I could just taken my shirt off and show the coach like I'm good to go. Like I just, I didn't like proving it. I was ready to go. So I put, I you put all this week this work in, and it just says, "Yep, yeah, okay, you're in shape." And it's one day, like. I, my, I just stopped working out after that one day. Like, for me, a lot of guys, it's you work out from the end of the season to that, and then you work out all year, too. Like, it never ends, right? So I guess it's a way to see if you're improving when you're a younger player as far as your strength or whatever test you want to do. But, yeah, no, I'm, I I just, I don't know. I, I guess the, the bike was at least fun to get over with, right? And after you go have a burger, I suppose. That would have been the most gangster thing you could have done, just taking your shirt off and said, look at me, I'm good, and then walked yeah. away. Like, Well, really, I mean, it's, I mean, and you get on the ice and show what you can do. So there, there does have to be a certain parameters, like this is what we have to reach. But especially when I got older, like if I didn't come in shape, I, I, I shouldn't my my contract shouldn't be offered because I'm not or honored because I wasn't living up to uh, the expectation. Like my part is I'll come ready to play, and by doing that, I will get played and get paid. So if you're not coming ready to play, like I you know, do, you, do we need to test it? I, I mean, I understand, I get it, but I always kind of felt a little crusty about it. Uh, I think that's a good way to wrap it up with you feeling uh, crusty about that one. Strud, thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Great stuff from former NHLer and a co-host on the Jason Greger Show, Jason Strudwick. You can hear him on TSN 1260 Monday through Friday from 2 to 6. Also give him a follow on Twitter at Jason underscore Strudwick. Always appreciate Struddy hopping on the show with me. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting closer to hockey season. The rookies... They'll be practicing in no time. Uh, we talked with the Tom Gazzola report about some of the players in town getting ready. It's pretty much hockey season. I mean, the snow is not on the ground. It's not that cold yet, but we're pretty much at hockey season. And we'll continue the Kyler Yamamoto watch for now, something that's been going on for a while. Obviously, he's not going to report to camp without a contract, but uh, you got to think it's coming soon. It's got to be coming soon. Before we wrap up on the show today, I want to give a quick shout-out to Darren Detitian, who announced on his social media on Thursday that he has been diagnosed with cancer. He's going to be stepping away 
from Sports Center for a little while for the Edmonton sports fans. You know his humble beginnings here with Edmonton on CTV, uh, one of the best in the business. I want to just give a quick shout out to him, his family, his friends, and uh, we're all praying for you, Darren. Hopefully you recover quickly. And another shout out to Tyler Yaremchuk of TSN 1260, who recently announced that he is moving on from the company. He's got some other things coming. He's always been a friend of the show here on the Other Connor podcast. And a quick story about Tyler. I've been working in the radio industry in Edmonton for a long time at the Team 1260 and TSN 1260. You can often tell when somebody comes into the building if they're going to make it or not. You know, early on, if they're volunteering for shifts, if they're, you know, putting in the extra work. From the day Tyler joined us in the building, he was always one of those guys that you absolutely knew was going to crush it. One was the work ethic, but also the knowledge. So I just want to say congratulations on the new gig, Tyler. I know you'll be announcing it soon, and uh, people can give him a follow on Twitter, at Tyler Uremchuk, to see what I'm talking about. But uh, he won't be with TSN 1260 anymore. He's got other things coming, and uh, we know he's going to crush it. And now that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Really do appreciate it. We'll be back next week as we get closer to the start of the NHL season. Rookies will be reporting soon. Maybe Kyler Yamamoto signs with the team. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait for puck drop in the regular season. This is the Other Connor Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to our sponsor, DraftKings, one more time. If you're signing up today, use promo code THPN. It's going to be a lot of fun for NFL football, and that's getting going on the weekend. My name is Connor Halley. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.